Hello, and welcome to Musings of a Stay-at-Home Dad podcast. I am Joe Curtis, and I am on a mission to connect and learn from other stay-at-home parents, to hear about their daily routines, their struggles and successes, and how they manage such a critical and challenging job. This month in the pod, I interviewed two former stay-at-home parents, uh, my mom and my mother-in-law. Uh, I had a really nice time talking with them and hearing their insights on the transition to and from and during um, stay-at-home motherhood. Um, and we had some nice discussions about parenting now and then, who their parenting role models were, and what they learned from their parents, what their parents thought of them. I hope you enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoyed getting to talk with them. couple paragraphs of a story I wrote long ago when he was about nine years old and it was a reflection on a um, our screen in porch attached to the back of our house because it reflected all the stages we went through as a family but the last two paragraphs go like this the most remote part of our backyard which backs up to a honeysuckle hedge along the back lot line is also not the kind of yard you will find in a magazine picture. There is nothing neat or tidy about that portion of the yard. In fact, I try to only walk back there at night when it is so dark I can't see the disorderly piles of boards, rocks, sticks, and long lost items missing from the garage. But on the nights that I do wander back there and sit on the swing or climb up into the tree fort, I know I'm trespassing. I can feel that this part of the yard does not belong to me. I am only a guest who is not to tidy up or rearrange. This is the domain of children. My authority as a parent doesn't carry any weight in this magical kingdom of warring knights and brave adventurers. I imagine these events are all as they should be. As time passes, parents surrender parts of the house, the yard, and their hearts to their children. Little by little, the exchange happens. Then by the time you have completely surrendered all you have, possessions and passions, your children grow up. They move away, leaving you wondering how on earth you will refurnish and refill all the empty space. When the time does come, I will try and be ready. I'm going right out and buying new porch furniture, never to be touched by muddy little hands. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Uh, Yeah, so walk me through that time writing your, are you still staying at home? Are you back at work? Where are you at in your life? I'm back at work. I believe. Right, no, I'm no, nine. I was still at home. Okay. I stayed home for 11 years. Okay. You know, from the time Sam was born, the oldest, until Will went to kindergarten. 
and he was six by then. Um, So, no, I I was still at home, and I had a friend who was far away um, and dying of Lou Gehrig's, and he also had three sons. So I, I knew this was something that he could relate to, and so I just, you know, kept... A record of all the things you, the three of you, were really good inspiration mm-hmm. for stories. There was yeah. always something I could write about. So, um, and near the end of that, I was starting to go back to work because I um, did get a an adjunct position, community um, technical college, and taught introduction to sociology. So I interwove a lot of the topics from sociology with what was going on with some of you. Mm -hmm. I remember there was an issue when Will was going to soccer camp about the coach telling the kids when they were uh, kicking poorly that they were, you know, kicking like a girl. That's a girly kick. And Will was pretty upset when he came home and he told me about it. And I was like, wow, Will, I'm going to have to call the coach. No! Mom, don't call the coach. Yeah. But I, you know, I called the head of the the camp and just mentioned, I, you know, I'm sure he doesn't even realize the young man who's doing this, what he's doing. Yeah. But he has, you know, young people who are very impressionable, girls and boys in his class. So sometimes, yeah, the things I wrote about just whatever was going on. Yeah. With, yeah, and how when you talk about your kind of moving back, I remember you, I recall too, before you started the adjunct position, you were working at that um, career connection too, part time. Yeah. Because yeah, we always was, go to the, yeah. You know, it was interesting being home for 11 years. Yeah. And I was concerned about getting back into the field at the same professional level in a similar salary kind of thing. But during those 11 years, computers were really getting big. When I left, you were still using DOS and writing code and, you know, it was all different. So I, I had to get up to speed. So I did take a job that in fact, I almost had to beg for. Because I was overqualified in some ways, but I didn't have the computer skills that I even claimed to have. But I I knew I could learn them fast. And um, so I had to go back and uh, they didn't call me and they didn't call me after the interview. And I knew it went well. And (laughs) I stopped in and she said, well, you know, you're overqualified. You won't stay. And I said, how about if I promise I will stay for a year? I promise I will. And um, she said, I'll think about it. And then eventually they, they did go for it. And I stayed exactly one year because. <laughs> it, um, it was below you. Know, you. <laughs> a little, I had learned everything I could learn from it. But I, yeah. I did. I had a, a co-worker who taught me so much about computers. So I felt like, okay, now I'm ready to go find nice. a more professional job. Yeah. And what did you do before kids? For kids, I was in primarily social work worked with um, domestic violence survivors Um, and then also with your dad Mm -hmm. my husband we taught in Mexico for a couple years uh, young elementary school age children English as a second language so I had those two kind of tracks going I knew when I went back I didn't want to go back into social work Um, raising children you had enough issues of your own 
I didn't need to deal with anybody else's issues on that kind of level. So um, decided that I didn't want to do that, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So when I eventually got closer to the time I knew I'd go back when you're all three in school, I did some research. I did a lot of professional interviews of anyone I could think of trying to figure out where my skill set would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I uh, ended up talking to a man at the, the technical college and he said, hey, your skills are perfect. Too bad we don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled out of your name and if yeah. something came up and it did the next semester something came up that sociology class and so i started that way nice was really good yeah, and how did it feel going back after being with kids for 11 years kind of back in that professional setting for you i liked having that easy job that was a nice way to ease in, and it was close to the house. We only had one car at the time, yeah. so I could walk or ride my bike. It was low pressure. I didn't have to bring anything home or work on anything. And there was no outside work. Yeah. Um, so, and it was a small little organization working with kids. It was fairly easy, and I could use my, my skills. I was yeah. good at most of that. So that felt good, and it gave me the confidence because I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. Yeah, you know, it felt like you were ancient history. How am I going to explain these eleven years, which I felt were actually the most educational yeah. years on studying, understanding human beings, and how to communicate, and how to even you know barter or negotiate i i felt like i became a much better negotiator by the time you yeah. know you got through all that um so there were plenty of skills i could say i had going in but i wasn't sure that would be respected yeah interesting in that place yeah and so and but you after it got going it worked out for you and you felt like you got to where you wanted to be and yeah yeah yeah, it did. It, it just fell into place. My timing was perfect for that job because yeah. if even it was a year or two later, I wouldn't have been qualified. I wouldn't have had the educational background. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, you know, as you talk about, I mean, even that in your writing here, the just as time passes and you surrender parts of the house and the yard and your hearts, the children, your children, you know, raising three boys, um, you know, and being home for 11 years, what, I mean, what are those skills you said? You kind of learned bartering. What what are the joys that it brought and the things that you kind of, you know, helped you get through the days and years? I'd say one of the things I really appreciated when I was home, and one of the first things I did was take the clock off the kitchen wall. I I didn't want to be constantly aware of what time it was. I wanted to just kind of go through our day with our own rhythm. And mm. I really enjoyed that. And it, it allowed me certainly to be more present, but also to be more intuitive. I was always kind of surprised at how often 
like like now if i lose my keys i run around with my head cut off looking for my keys yeah then i could just stand in the kitchen for you know i knew i had a little time for a couple minutes and go okay if i just be here i know they're gonna yeah. appear you, know, you could approach it differently the stress was gone yeah and intuitively you could just I don't even want to say figure things out because you weren't using logic. You were tapping into a different part of a different energy. And I, and I loved that kind of energy in being, and, and you could be paying attention to the messages your kids were teaching you too. You had the time to, to sit and be with them and listen to them and learn from them. Yeah. So I loved all that because we weren't on any big treadmill. Yeah, I hear you on that because I, I was just thinking the last couple of weeks have been really nice and we've been outside more and it's that more intuitive where it's just the time is, and I'm not looking at time also, it's like, oh, we got to make some lunch. Okay, oh, Miles, get, we need to take a nap. Where I feel like sometimes in the winter I'd be like, all right, I'm on my phone. Oh, it's only 10 o'clock. Oh, it's only 11 o'clock. And it just would go by because I'm looking at my cell phone time where, yeah, when it's that if you kind of feel the, the flow and how the kids are doing, it really dictates. If you're trying to do something else, it really is a challenge to then get through the day. Yeah, and it doesn't work all that well because yeah. it's easier to go with their flow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. more fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you were home, let's see. So you had mostly usually two kids with you. You had Sam, you know, for a while, but... Then it was two, and was Sam in school by the time Will was it well, around, or is it you have? Did you have one year with all three? Five years. Yeah. So Sam went off to school, um, and the two of you were home. It wasn't until the time that you went off to school, and then Will was alone. Yeah. Um, so you you had no alone time. Yeah. But you were also the child that didn't go to nursery school. Yeah. Um, well, and, yeah. And how, like, this, your stages with the three, you know, how do, do you feel like it's a good tra you know, transformation from going from just Sam to Sam and me to then all three of us for a while, but Sam going to school? How did it, how did that, how do you feel that transition went for you those 11 years? Well, the first year um, was, that was definitely a transition. That was, I did feel Sam was born in November in Wisconsin. Yeah. And going into a pretty isolated time. I didn't know my neighbors well because I had worked all that time. Um, so I felt pretty isolated that first year. And I really had to work at reaching out. Um, we didn't have family in the area. Yeah. And... I did have friends, but it's it's just hard to get a baby and yourself out of the house, into a car, and plan all that and with somebody else who has a baby yeah, and year old. Yeah. So the neighbors were the key, and I needed to get to know them, and I did. I Luann and Kathy were fabulous. They had kids a little older. You could just show up with this look on your face at their door, and they'd be like, come in, I have coffee. Come yeah, on in. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were both really good at that. So that year was getting to know my my support people in my neighborhood, yeah. which made a huge difference. Yeah. And then that flowed well, and I started a, a, a 
play group of friends and their children. And that was really good. Um, so I'd say after that first year, and I think that's like any job, yeah. it takes you a year to get the hang of it. It took me a year to get a, the hang of this, yeah. of being home and being a mom. Um, and then things all went smoothly until the year Will was born. Um, three preschoolers. I'd say pretty much that was the year from hell in some ways. If you're going to have to pick the, yeah. the hardest year of those 11 years, that was a hard one because you had lots of ear infections. You were up at night and Will was not a good sleeper and he had some digestive issues. And so, you know, Mr. Rogers was my best friend. My yeah. goal each day, those that probably six months after Will was born was to get you and your brother Will down for a nap while Mr. Rogers or Sesame Street was on because then I could lay on the couch with Sam. He wasn't going to nap. He was too old yeah. to nap anymore. But he'd stay put and I could lay on the couch with him, put my arm around him, and I could snooze and at least close my eyes yeah. when the two of you slept. So that, nice. was, that was a tough year. But then things kept they were good again. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, me and Gus, that's what I do sometimes. Gus even knows, oh, you're resting your eyes, Dad? You know, like, yep, yeah, just <laughs> resting my eyes. You know, we're watching whatever it is after we put Milo down, if we've had, especially if we had a long morning. It's, it's yeah, you yeah, need that time. I was sleeping much at night. I, I'm yeah. sure it was up three, four, five times oh my a gosh. night. Yeah. Well, and whereas, you know, and that's the thing with, you know, partners and how is, you know, Dad supporting you in this, especially with the three kids now where... Yeah, he was working, so we felt he needed to be the one who was fairly fresh. Yeah. You know, maybe he'd get up once. I remember sleeping in the crib with Will sometimes, just thinking, okay, I'm too tired to get... I, I got to okay. put him someplace where he's not going to get hurt, and yeah. I'm just going to go in there with him and stay there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so man. I get to sleep. So you just do whatever you can do, but I felt like that was sort of my job. Although that year was a year that um, Appleton Public Schools had parental leave. I think it was the first year they had it for dads. Oh wow! And your dad felt that he couldn't really take it. He wouldn't be seen as a professional. Wow, yeah. If you took them. Yeah. So those times have changed. Yeah. Um, I I was pretty upset with him. I didn't understand that thinking, yeah. but that's the, the choice he made. Uh, Will was born in uh, in July, so he was home in August, most of it, and mm -hmm. then went back to work. And um, I felt like I really, really could have used him yeah. a few more weeks. But um, it was sort of the, the times... Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of. You know, what kind of conversations does that look like? Is it more like, like you said, the times? Like, is it just like I'm? Like you said, it's my job. I'm just gonna keep powering away. Did you have conversations like, can you help me out here or there, or like, I need to get home by five so I can have, you know, a moment to myself? Or what did that look like for support? Dad came home right when he was done. He yeah. was always home. You know, by four at the latest. And yeah. I was pretty much in a different room or out the door or something, you yeah. know, before thinking about dinner. So, yeah. yeah, that was that was critical. I was lucky he could be home by four o'clock 
um, instead of you know people who are dealing with five or six o'clock. Yeah, that was very beneficial because I don't know if you felt four o'clock was kind of this bewitching. Yeah, time. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was like, okay, I'm out of here for an hour. There you are. And I always feel bad because it's like, yeah, Emily gets home, yeah, 3.34. And it's like, that's when they're the most craziest or they're kind of like, you know, just they need something. And, you know, like, when it's nice out, it's great because, you know, like, they come home, oh, we'll play outside. We went for a bike ride today. But in the winter, it's a little more challenging because they would, she's tired, obviously, from a long day of teaching. But it's also like, yeah, that, that witching hour where I'm like, okay, well, go and I'll start dinner. Or I'll take a moment for myself for a while, then get the dinner going. But yeah, it's I don't know, it's a need, a necessity for sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Nice. Well, even yeah. you would ask, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. A question about did we, you know, who decided? Yeah. Was there a discussion? Yes. On who was going to stay home? Yep. And it's funny how I vividly remember when we were dating, having that discussion. Mm -hmm. Vividly. I even know where we were walking. Mm -hmm. On Niagara Street in Eau Claire. Because after that discussion, I thought, this is the man I want to marry. Because he did, we both agreed, one of us will stay home. It's really important to both of us that one of us can stay home with the kids. But we don't know who. One of us. But then lo and behold, when I'm pregnant with Sam, Bill doesn't remember that discussion. He just assumes I should stay home, which was just fine. I, my job, I was okay. I was ready to walk away from that. It was just fine. But it, it, it seemed like, you don't really remember that. This is why I married you. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I guess. And that's, We've talked about that too. Kind of that change in that thinking of, you know, before you know the mom has stayed home, and I get you have the baby, and you have to recover from that time too of giving birth. Um, but there's also like that piece we talked about is just like what is best for our family versus you know what you need to do. Like in this, we have two adults, we have two kids. What's our best configuration to support? You know each other and yeah that's yeah and at the time your father and i made the same exact amount of money yeah. same um benefits that that wasn't the issue yeah. it, it it fell down it fell to to traditional gender roles in in i yeah. think bill's head but i was okay with it too at the time because i was ready to walk away right. from that job yeah yeah for sure nice well and well, i mean what would you say, you know, going through the the times, eleven years, um, you know, what was what was the the stuff that brought you the most joy? What are the little things that may brought you most joy, or that you may learn the most about yourself? It's kind of two different questions, but um, what would you say is that you mm. that kind of gave you that pep to get through the day or week? It was a almost always the smallest of things. Um, and, and some things I remember from pictures, but I remember the feeling at the time. And one involved you just sitting on the floor, and I think we were talking about our bunny mm-hmm. who had run, run away, or I'm not exactly sure, but sitting on the floor in the kitchen and just holding you, you weren't sad, but we were having a discussion and mm-hmm. we were talking and I, I, 
I love those moments where we're really connecting. We're just really connected. And I remember having a discussion with Sam up in his room pretty vividly about a topic that really was important to him. And you could have, take the time and, yeah. and just that real deep connection. Yeah, I hear you. That's, I think that's my first, my first started saying home. And there were things that you didn't realize you kind of dismissed before that now like, oh, now I have, this is what I'm doing. This is, I do have the time to sit here and talk you through about crying, you're, you're crying about the rabbit or, you know, whatever little thing it is. Like you can, you do, that's kind of that blessing you get from staying home is, this is what I'm doing. We're taking the time. We can have this discussion. I'm not trying to rush or force you where I felt like I didn't realize I was doing that before, but I noticed it when I started staying home where it's like, yeah, I, I, Let's stay with you. This it's these little moments where you can enjoy and discuss and have a further talking about for Gus it's dinosaurs, you know, and talking about all different kinds of dinosaurs and having me show and tell me all of that stuff and. And they have so much to teach you, and it's not yeah. the information about the dinosaurs. Yeah. It's, it's the the excitement he has, yes. the yeah. energy about it, and, and you, you kind of reconnect with that, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are some Maybe some more things you may struggled with, or maybe you had to learn to adjust um, as a stay-at-home parent that you didn't know, or you had conscious effort to work on. Well, I don't know. This isn't this is an odd issue, but it was one that I I feel is really it's always important to me. Women's issues. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I, one of the things I was thinking about when you asked me the previous question is when you came home one day, I think it was in middle school and you had seen a film and it was about a young woman struggling to decide whether to have an abortion. Um, it was something that really was impacted you quite a bit. You wanted to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I ended up sort of falling into working for a clinic that um, did abortions. In fact, I worked there the entire time I was pregnant with you. Mm-hmm. Um, they're worried about all the chemicals yeah. and you know <laughs> whatnot. Yeah. Anyway, it may. I think motherhood is is such a precious thing, but it's precious when it's a choice and the and the circumstances are right and and you're ready and you can make it work with what you have. And I, having that job, it was just temporary. It was just probably eight months and I honored every woman's choice. There was no one there who took this lightly. It was a very difficult choice, Um, but they all had their own personal stories. and, And it was my job to make sure they were making this choice of their own free will, not being pressured by somebody else. Because if they're being pressured, then they're not ready. And I I had to send them away. And there weren't very many of those, but it happens. Mm -hmm. And I, it always, I always was grateful at the end of the day of my circumstances and, and my, the, the, the joy I took in the pregnancies Mm -hmm. 
I had, but I totally understood where each and every one of them was coming from too in their choice. Mm -hmm. And um, one was talking about how I was sitting at the this window, we had a desk in, up on the second floor landing and watching something fall down past the window as I'm typing away and I'm thinking, well, I didn't hear it thud really or yell or scream. So I'm thinking it's okay, and I went back to typing. <laughs> Somebody would tell me if there was really a disaster here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. But, you know, and you were always just good kids. Yeah. And well, what and by saying good kids, what you know, I think I you know part of this is kind of refraining, like like you said, it's a job, but you also want to be good at your job and your craft and you felt you know what are some things that you felt like you did well as a stay-at-home parent you know like you said kind of going with the flow with the boys what are some things that you thought i'm, I'm damn good at this <laughs> you know like or more times i really felt that yeah. i really felt like i did a good job of teaching you to be responsible calling you out on times that you you weren't um, and if I didn't do it, your dad did. That right and wrong, I think your father and I were very careful about that. Being diligent, not letting things slide, even though you felt like it. Mm -hmm. um, and respecting people. It, all diversity. Your father was so big in diversity. I was so big on women's issues. We just really, um, whenever we could make something a lesson, did um and you went to a school we picked purposely picked a school that for little white appleton was going to have a fair amount of diversity in income and religion and race and a variety of things and you learned to negotiate all that very well mm -hmm. um, and i think those are really important life skills to understand people different from you yeah where they're coming from 100%. so nice well what did you what um uh what advice would you have for current stay-at-home parents um you know working their way through through it don't beat yourself up don't sweat those little mistakes or even if it feels huge at the time kids are so resilient oh my gosh mm -hmm. you know they'll as, as long as they know they're loved yeah and, and i think at the end of the day you always say i love you and yeah and on a positive note and everybody moves on but yeah there are times i felt like oh i gotta really mess my kid up and no i probably didn't but yeah. Do you feel like there's any difference from parenting, you know, during your time versus now? Do you feel like there's any, do you see any differences as you see your sons now raising children? Um, do you feel like you see? I think it's the same thing that my parents said yeah. to me. I, it just seems like kids are so structured now mm -hmm. and I, that was a goal then to be as unstructured for as long as we could. Yep. And it seems like, you know, instead of 
it's harder. It feels, it seems harder. Most parents have two people working and you've got a schedule to keep. And, um, I, to me, that was, seemed different. And my parents would have said to me the same, you know, the same thing. Oh my gosh, you're so much more structured than we were as parents. So I don't know if that's just an evolution that we can't stop that train from leaving the station or what. Speaking of your, your parents, who were your kind of your role models for parenting, you know, and did you have friends or family that you went to for advice, um, when you were struggling with parenting? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, you know, my mom lived a couple hours away, but she was always somebody I called a lot. She was a, a wonderful mother herself. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we didn't always agree on things, but I always, always appreciated her perspective. So I, I did call her a lot. Closer to home, though, my neighbors and my play group were certainly people I relied on for the daily stuff. You know, what's what's the best uh, diaper rash stuff you can mm-hmm. get? And, you yeah. know, what are the symptoms of an ear infection? And, you know, those yeah. those kinds of things that you really need to know. But um, yeah. and some other parent will know them and can tell you exactly. Yeah. what to get or do or buy or um once in a while i consult a book mm-hmm. as i've said to you before potty training brought me to my knees <laughs> yeah I was not good at that so i checked a few different resources and nothing seemed to be all that helpful yeah. i just had to wait wait you out <laughs> yeah well um any other thing that you were passionate about you feel like you, when it comes to the topic of stay-at-home parenting or motherhood that you want to share that you felt Hmm. you feel strongly about well you asked me about a word yeah i certainly felt like the thing that uh a good word for parenting was i always felt it was it was gratifying it was definitely the most difficult job i ever did it challenges you in, in many more ways than working with adults or in a, a work environment. Yeah. You know, there's always bumper bumpers on those. What's what is expected and what you can and can't do in a work environment and conversations where kids they don't have any rules. Yeah. They're you know going for it, and you had to figure out how best to deal with that. So I always thought it was definitely the most difficult job I ever did. But on the other hand, definitely the most gratifying, the most fulfilling, yeah. the most, um, and 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 loved the whole intuitive part of it, which our society doesn't really encourage that much. But that I am a logical thinker to a fault and it was nice to let go of a lot of that mm-hmm. and just intuit how to best be yeah for for the interlude this month we're gonna do a little fun facts of 1989 uh 
fun fact, that's the year I was born. Also the year um, both Janet and um, Abby were being a stay-at-home parents. So I thought I'd just kind of run down some fun facts for you of 1989. Number one, fun fact, the retail price for a gallon of gas averaged about $1. Number two, a loaf of bread cost 61 cents, strawberries were about 99 cents a pint, and eggs were about 79 cents a dozen. Fun fact number three, the 40, San Francisco 49ers were the Super Bowl champions, and the Oakland Athletics won the World Series. Go Bay Area. Um, fun fact number four, the Crosby Show on NBC was the most popular TV series, and Batman was the highest growth, grossing film. And fun fact number five, Michael and Ashley were, the, were favorite baby names. So Joe and Emily were both born in 1989. I think they're pretty high up there, but uh, Michael and Ashley were the favorite baby names of 1989. And there are your fun facts for your little interview uh, interlude. The first question usually is... Um, how long did you stay at home? Um, and then kind of how many kids did you have? What age was the youngest when you started going back to work? Okay. How long did I stay at home? A uh, total of six years. Okay. Um, how many kids did you have? I had three. What age was the youngest? Um, Emily was four years old when I went back to work. So I worked part-time for two years with Ben and part-time for two years with Emily. So the middle child, I was home throughout her. Nice. What did you do before um, staying at home? Before I stayed at home, I taught... But then right before I stayed at home, I was a secretary. So I was a secretary that helped um, Rex get through seminary. Yeah. So um, so I was a secretary leading up to that. And you kind of, with Rex being going to be a pastor and being a pastor, can you kind of know that you're going to stay at home with the kids? Or do you guys have a discussion about you staying at home? Um, what that look I, like? Yeah, I talked to Rex about that. I think we had that discussion when we were engaged. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was after we were married because it was, seemed like it was all said and done. Mm-hmm. So I think we really had an honest discussion what it looked like before we got married. So that was on the table then. Yeah, and then did you go straight back? Well, you went to teaching, then secretary, and then when Emily was four and you went back into work, did you go right into teaching again, or did you have, kind of ease your way into it? No, it was substitute teaching. Yeah. With both of the kids, that's what I did. Okay. I your time with Ben for two years, and then we, I either said, we either said I'd stay at home or else work part-time. That was the option. So it wasn't 
either or. Yeah. So, so when the part-time opportunity arose, I took it and had great daycare, but then that's when it went full-time when I had, was going to deliver Rebecca, they said it was going to full-time and that's when I, I bowed out and said, thanks, nice. but no thanks. So, and then on the back end with Emily, it was a part-time opportunity, substitute teaching long-term and short-term. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And how that being out for six years, how did that transition back into work go for you? Were you excited? Did it was it feel felt like a good time? How'd that transition go? It was exciting. However, and the kids were very responsible and, yeah. and at that point, you know, Ben was in fifth grade and Becca was second grade. Yeah. Yeah, and Emily was four, so they were, you know what I mean, they yeah. were responsible and stuff. But what really set me back on my heels is the teaching position was a bubble class, a third section they added. Mm. So when the principal showed me my room, yep. it was empty. Oh, gosh. Empty. <laughs> no resources, nothing. So that's the thing that... that caused me a little angst it's like you know three kids at home church family and an empty classroom filled with soon-to-be first graders so that was a little overwhelming oh definitely a while and and so anyway but the first year was 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 a little more demanding obviously Mm -hmm. just because of that i didn't walk in with a teacher had been there before. It was just an empty class. Jeez. There you go. Nice. Well, you, you mentioned church family. Um, kind of when you were at home, uh, what kind of support systems did you use to help you? Well, it was kind of unique. And, and it is unique because Rex was home in the home office. Yeah. So we really raised the kids together when I was staying at home. So we were each other's major supports for, and, and then you get on the same page too, cause you're, yeah. you're there and you're kind of making mutual decisions and, um, you know, you don't have to hear about one or the other. And when, when one comes home at night, you're just kind of there at every meal. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so it was, it was really unique that way where he, in fact, for 19 years, he had a home office. So, um, so it's kind of interesting now where we are at today mm-hmm. with everyone having their home office and finding that rhythm and what does that look like? And that's what we had back in the eighties yeah. and in the early nineties and stuff. But the church family was huge mm-hmm. as we moved out to North Dakota with a town of 60 people away from family. Yeah. So they obviously were huge support too, not necessarily for parenting, Mm-hmm. But just for being there for us, which you know was a, was a blessing, obviously too. And at that time in the eighties, you had quite a few women working, but a lot some not. Mm-hmm. So there was the North Dakota JC women, and we get together and do fun things or um, talk about parenting somewhat. But sometimes it was just a getaway. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, definitely. And then we also when we went to. West Emmanuel, they had a mom's group through church, and we'd get together twice a month or whatever. 
Um, so there, there were supports, nice. support systems that scaffold us, but I would say Rex and I being together 24 seven. Yeah. Not, not quite that much, but. <laughs> well, and yeah, and I, and you kind of mentioned that this now versus then and, um, with, with COVID when Emily was home at work, I almost felt a little more pressure to make sure it was quiet certain times or they didn't go up and barge in was Rex's works, you know, flexible enough, but it didn't bother you to that. Or is it like, okay, let's get the kids out of the house quickly. Or, um, how'd that go with him trying to get work done at home while you guys were playing and stuff? He had a wonderful study. Yeah. He had a wonderful study with a closed door and it was a huge house with a huge yard. So it was, you know, I mean, it wasn't yeah. a huge thing, maybe in the winter more so when we were inside more of the time. But, yeah. yeah, no, that wasn't a real. And he didn't have as many parishioners either, so there wasn't quite the demands. Yeah. I mean, it was it was busy because it was three churches. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we kind of found our rhythm, and it, it worked well. Mm-hmm. Well, and talking about that rhythm, like what, so... Uh, you know, kind of walking through, you started staying home when you had, you kind of started home when you had Ben and Becca was just born. So how'd that first couple time, you know, a couple of years go, um, maybe what was the most challenging year for you when those, those six years, um, when did you feel like you was going well? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I guess when I stopped teaching part-time with Ben when I had Rebecca because mm-hmm. I taught fifth and sixth grade science and seventh grade social studies geography and kindergarten Fayette and North Dakota you were kind of the utility teacher I yeah. was yeah so you go from all of that to a baby an infant that doesn't talk yeah <laughs> you know it's all well. those age groups and all those subject matters and here's an infant that doesn't doesn't interact so that was the big thing but it was always on my always that as you know the parent is the first and most important educator Mm -hmm. so that was always a part of being at home is like now i can do this full-time for my kids my my um my little one. So, and, and in elementary, being an elementary teacher and kindergarten certified, you know, you go through all those age level characteristics and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So, um, I kind of knew what, what was happening, but that was a transition where yeah. you get lots of plans and interaction and all this dialogue and, and then it's quiet. Well, and what was, what was Ben doing? What'd you have for daycare for Ben when you were doing that part-time all well, the subbing? There was a lady that watched um, about five, four or five kids at home at her home so, in Enderland where I taught. So I just dropped them off, and it was yeah. you know, I worked like ten to two thirty. Yeah. Well, and how so? How was that transition for him? Kind of being a toddler, and also now he's home with mom and new baby. Did that go over well? Yeah. Yes, it did. It did. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, it went it went just fine. Uh, and Ben was very caring, mm-hmm. and Becca was a very content baby, so she just was very peaceful and somewhat 
very easy to raise and yeah yeah nice well when you said the transition so then you guys because they were was ben was five or six when you guys moved to osceola how did that transition as you because you stayed being a stay-at-home parent how did that go for you moving states um and having a whole new area and people and things that go well that was a struggle um, was it a better choice? Was it easier? <laughs> I guess I guess it was easier to the point we were both closer to family. Mm-hmm. So we were basically kind of coming home to family and had that support that we didn't have in North Dakota for five and a half years. So so that was huge, and that's really what called us back yeah. to Wisconsin. It was close to family. And, and that was both a integral part of Rexona, you know, who we are as people with our families growing up was very, very, very important to us. So we wanted that for our kids, too. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like, and I, Emily and I really appreciate it, too. When we were out kind of on our own, you kind of have to build, you build that strong relationship. Mm-hmm. And then you can come back and kind of enjoy the family time. But you're more confident in what you're doing as a parent. I feel like yes. when you're kind of stuck together, like you said, 24-7, making things yeah. work. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, and again, the church family, you know, was a lot bigger here yeah. at, at West Emanuel and stuff. So you had, you know, even more support and and love. And, yeah, so that was, that was, that was critical, too. So, yes. but... Um, yeah, yeah. Did you go, did you have any other people, I mean, besides just talking with Rex, um, that you kind of went to for parenting advice? Was it the, the women's the play groups or anything like that? Did you have anyone that you felt you were on the same wavelength? Or was it kind of just you and Rex f- and using what you kind of knew and th- did what felt it right? Really was. It really was. I never read a book mm-hmm. about parenting. Yeah. Yeah. But I babysat forever. Mm-hmm. I babysat, I think I started when I was 11, and I still think I was babysitting in college. So, you know what I mean? And I had all different kinds of kids and watched them grow up. And so I think that was a key component, too, that yeah. I was always kind of immersed with kids. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and kind of looking at, I mean, kind of recall looking back in your daily or weekly routines. What are some things you you really like doing with the kids? You felt like this is like our favorite thing to do um, during the day or the week. Um, I thought about this. It's kind of like when someone asks you about what did you do this summer. It's yeah. like um, had a great time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, in. in and when we were at Osceola, we lived by a lake, so that was huge in the summer. We had people that owned lake homes and stuff, mm-hmm. and would go down there with them, and that was a big part of our summer. Um, but we just really, we just really just had daily routines with reading and favorite TV shows and outside play, and, and the kids played together. Yeah, we just got along we had a very and and i think that's why i can't think of 
Yeah. Because it, Rex and I both said it was a very peaceful, very content. I mean, there was some, you know, but overall we would go days without anyone getting upset at anyone and mm-hmm. doing their thing. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. it was a simple time and yeah, yeah. in five years in North Dakota. Yeah. So town of 60 so you just keep things simple and yeah. we had a lot of kids come to our na- uh, from the neighborhood over to our house in north dakota mm-hmm. for the five years so we had a lot of neighborhood kids come so um yeah yeah well kind of with that peaceful and things going well what did you feel like you did well as a as a mother what were those strengths that you had that kind of let it be a kind of peaceful time and a relaxing time um, you know, that... um, patience and humor go a long ways. Yeah. <laughs> patience and humor. Um, I set, we set, no, I set. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rex is kind of a pushover. Oh, yeah. Um, he was soft. He was a marshmallow. Yeah. But anyway, um, I have, we did, we had, um, boundaries we had expectations and, um, but we also realized and they realized they were children of God. So there was some grace and forgiveness mm-hmm. in amongst those expectations. And that went a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Emily and Becca, the two daughters, they just were, were very, I mean, to discipline them. If you even said their name sternly, they too when you're staying at home i feel like that allows you know we had that transition where you know the kids were in daycare and you know being watched by someone else and you only have that small amount of time with them and you feel like you're almost rushed or it's just you know you got to do this or do that when when you're at home you can take that time i feel like at least for me this past year of just seeing that wonder and sitting and we you know i we went for a hike the other day and i just sat as the boys were playing this like anthill dirt mound thing and they were exploring and then they're like, come over dad. And we looked at it and I mean, I was like, we should be getting home, but at the same time they're just exploring and you had that time to like, look through their, see the world through their eyes, which is just incredible. Yeah. It is pretty special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you say was the most challenging part for you? Yes. Miss it, yeah. But we didn't get out a lot on a daily basis. Staying mm-hmm. at home, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I didn't. I don't remember just loading the kids up and going out. So I would say the 
the winters were more challenging. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're inside. Well, that's what my mom was saying, too. It's kind of similar where it was, like, it was almost, like, more true the sense of the word of, like, stay at home, parent, like, you were at home yeah. and in the backyard or whatever, but, like, it was just, like, at home. She couldn't recall a yeah. ton of times, like, going or, you know, yeah. driving. I that was it, not that I probably in the moment of, you know, I might have thought about an escape. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, can... we, but we didn't, we didn't really do, uh, yeah, we really didn't go a lot. Yeah. we go to the library, story time, or mm-hmm. something like that, but, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd go out for a birthday, you know, the birthday, you get to pick where you go, and yeah. it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big thing. So, yeah, what do you want to do? Bowling, movie, yeah. restaurant, what are you doing? So, yeah. yeah. So, that maybe would be it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, what do you, you kind of mentioned you versus nowadays, what do you think the biggest difference is um, when you were parenting your children versus parenting now? <sighs> well, we had more family, I think, especially with a stay-at-home family engagement mm-hmm. because we didn't have the technology. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't have the... We had um, two channels, three yeah. channels. <laughs> yeah. And we had... You know, we did board games and we did things like that and read and sang and played and... Yeah, um, I think that's one of the big things. It's just the family engagement with stay at home was family engagement. Not that I was always engaged, but the kids were engaged with one another. Um, so yeah, and we had our downtime too and stuff. Um, and I think just setting boundaries and right away mm-hmm. rather than seeing how it evolves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a big thing. Um, and this is just really general. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't like to generalize, but um, um, I always said, our kids are God's gift to us, not God's gift to the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can read into that, but there's a there's a big difference. Yeah. Well, what do you well what do you mean by that? What is there? What's your <laughs> what's your what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, they're 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 a blessing to the world. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But but I'm I'm. In, in how we think about our children, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That they're our gift, and I don't expound on that to say, you know, they're the be-all to end-all to everything, and they're they're super, super wonderful, they'll change. It's, it's, you know what I mean? They're not, we've never bragged about our kids, and we never... You know, we wanted to keep them. We humility is huge, and the humbleness is huge, and we never puffed our kids up so that they, you know, thought themselves. Yeah. 
the arrogances would 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 just be very contrary to everything we would hope for our kids. We wanted the good kids. We wanted gritty kids that could fall down and get back up and and um, not have to have someone necessarily help them up. Yeah. Um, so you know, so a lot of parents would. My child can would never do that, and just like, well, you know, mm-hmm. and let's talk about this. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of like that. So yeah. that's kind of my. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, it's and the, like you said, the staying humble, but also you're you can be inwardly proud of your kids, and I think that's kind of like you said when you had that good team of you and Rex and seeing it every day, you can talk about that and have a discussion at home, like, wow, Becca did, the, Rebecca did this really cool thing, Ben did this cool thing. It's not necessarily like I need to promote it, which again, like with social media nowadays, it's different. You're kind of promoting what you're doing um, or you're, you know, talking to friends or one-ups with your friends. Um, it's that you can talk with your husband and say, yeah, these are, we're really proud of them, but it's not necessarily like saying that out loud and, oh, if my kids didn't get this, it's, it's not okay type stuff. Right, 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 right. And I think telling them you love them and affirming them that way is a lot more important than affirming them and, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the things they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, and do you have, on that kind of same note, do you have any words of wisdom for stay-at-home parents or even just parenting, you know, parents in general um, that you would want to pass down? Hmm. Let's see. I kind of mentioned about encouraging curiosity and all of that sense of fair play. Um, One added thing and it's like an addendum okay (laughs) but one of the things and now they start so early with um programmed programmed activities yeah so this goes above and beyond just stay at home but it was important to at that point and we didn't have that many offerings but we did is that um observe you can observe what the kids are interested in or their gifts and stuff but you don't have to put them in programmed activities to figure that out um i'm always of the mindset you know we have them for 18 years Mm -hmm. yeah and with the life expectancy there's 66 more years for them to figure out what they're interested in and can be good at enjoying and and do well as so I just see that taking away from family engagement kind of going back to our other thing how is it different we didn't have the organized things and you know lessons and when we did we I, they got to pick one Yeah. what one thing do you want to be a part of mm-hmm. um, just because of that but I had no pressure in trying to put them in all these activities to figure out what they're good at when really that's that's kind of on them to figure that out. What are yeah. you interested in? And, and not necessarily. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. Cause my mom kind of said, said the same thing as you're talking about like the structure. I act, and I'll ask you the same question next, but she was kind of saying the difference between what her parents, you know, taught or thought like when, if her parents were looking at her, they'd say, Oh, you were too structured. And then she was saying, well, even kids the same as you, like nowadays are even w- way more structured. So she's wondering mm-hmm. if it's just what you perceive or it was just like, it just keeps getting more structured and structured. 
um, of things to do and having to have kids always be engaged in something. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. rather for just well, he tells my age though. But I mean, we just had intramurals at school. You know yeah. what I mean? We just got together noon hour and played. Yep. or play basketball or the pressure was on socialization interaction fair play fun and not quite so competitive yeah yeah and and, and i think it's it's proven that the burnout you know what i mean when you start a bit four they don't make it to 18 oh yeah yeah i know <laughs> that know. feeling yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was in I mean I loved soccer and I engaged I was since five and I really loved it, but even my junior year of high school I'm like I just can't I'm not gonna do it again. And I came back and played my senior year because I missed it and I enjoyed it, but I was done because I tra- I did traveling soccer and you know, it was a lot of stuff, but it is. I mean yeah, that's a interesting yeah. take. But yeah. Well and yeah. what would you and so I kinda I'll ask the same question too. What would you say when your when your parents looked at like maybe your parenting and what you guys were doing, was there any you know differences or like did they give you any um, you know how did they support you when you guys were parenting is maybe my better question I'm trying to ask. Um, yeah. Well, they really didn't. Yeah. They really didn't, and I think that was just because we were in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was phone calls, and we saw them twice a year, you know, yeah. maybe three times. And so they really they really didn't. And my mother and I had extremely contrasting <laughs> parenting. Yeah. So um, I just never asked, I guess, and yeah. she never offered. So, yeah, we just did your own yeah. things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. yeah. Well, and uh, kind of my favorite way to end interviews is kind of what word or quote or anything that would you use to describe your time as a stay-at-home parent. Well, I have a quote on the family plaque that we have coming in our door, and I bought it many, many years ago. It was after I stayed home, mm-hmm. but I think it kind of sums up that one of my favorite parts of that is um, our home is a place where love is spoken and laughter is heard. Okay. And what is it? And what is, what does that mean to you? What do you think? I think I was, it was being, it's not that it didn't have its ups and downs necessarily, but overall it was a very, peaceful and content time in my life mm-hmm. and fulfilling nice. is there anything else that you're passionate about that didn't cover any other questions that you want to One share thing, and i and i think it has to do with my contentment and stuff mm-hmm. um, one thing when i stayed at home it was five years in north dakota and so many years in wisconsin mm-hmm. I said to Rex, and he was very supportive, and nowadays it's a lot easier to do probably than it was back in the 80s and 90s, and I just used that time for personal growth. Yeah. I knew that once the kids got in school, I was going to be teaching to the end of my career, mm-hmm. and um, I thought, well, what am I, inter- <laughs> what am I interested yeah. in? Yeah. You know what I'm There you go. Yeah. Back to 
What am I interested in? Yeah. As a, as a 30-year-old, 32-year-old, 34-year-old being at home. So I took um, How to Crochet from the women of North Dakota. I just had some friends I bopped over, and they showed me how to crochet. And I took piano lessons from the neighbor lady. And I, uh, back in Wisconsin, I learned calligraphy, and that has served me well. Mm-hmm. And also toll painting, which was big back in the 80s and early 90s. Um, so those are, I know, five things that I would not have done. Yeah. <laughs> I would have stayed at home. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So Very if cool. you always stay at home and you, you're curious about picking up a craft or a skill or an interest kind of now's the time to do it 